Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Hello, superheroes. So I'm thinking about my dad a lot right now. His birthday was just um, just several days ago. And he was always a champion for me having a balanced life. Um, he was a big doer and hard worker. And just and everything he did, he had such a great work ethic about and he had integrity and um I just I learned my work ethic from him and we were both kind of fiery in our energy and we just we love to do things and get things done and work hard so when he would tell me to you know, take time off and recharge. I knew it was serious and he's been gone now since for almost 10 years now. I can't even believe it's been 10 years. And so his voice still rings loudly in my consciousness when I am on the verge of a burnout and my book came out six weeks ago and when you have a book come out it's pretty intense it's intense leading up to that time and and it's intense from the moment it lands in the marketplace in a different way and it just feels like there's just never enough there's never enough effort. There's never enough work that's been done. So I was on the verge of a burnout, and I really took most of the three-day weekend, the holiday weekend. His birthday was at the beginning of that weekend, so his voice was ringing loudly in my, in my mind. So I took most of last weekend off, <clears throat> and... I'm proud that I did that, but I fell behind on recording podcasts and interviewing people. So in light of that, this podcast is going to be me reading an excerpt from the book where my father features heavily, where I, my book is dedicated to my dad, by the way but where I feature him and one of his hugest gifts to me. So I'm going to read from that section 
I'll read you the inscription first. It's for my father, Max, my superhero, who was driven to awaken the superhero of love in me. He teaches me still. I think you can hear how much I love my dad. <laughs> so I'm reading um, from the section, the five super, the chapter, the five superpowers, the section on superhearing. So I'm going to read the, this like section of the chapter, and I'm going to read also the exercise that comes at the end of this section, which is an exercise that will help you possibly with your super hearing, one of the five superpowers featured in my book, Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart, and Then Go Save the World. Now available. Also, it's available in Audible. <laughs> so you're getting a piece of me reading it, but somebody else, a very talented Audible actress um, um, from Brilliance Audio, reads the book for, audi for um, the Audible version. But you're getting me reading this little excerpt. But I just want you to know it's in, available in Audible. It's available in Kindle. It's available in paperback. It's available in, I guess, in everything. Okay. So here we go with super hearing. With super hearing, you will be able to hear your inner voice speaking the truth about how profoundly loved you are, wherever you are, no matter what the circumstances. In the middle of the loudest, craziest emotional situation, it gives you the courage to steer clear of anything that muffles or mutes your hearing the truth. Does a tree falling in the forest make a sound if no one is there to hear it? Or more important, superhero, can you recognize yourself as loved without someone else to confirm it for you? That's a tough one, isn't it? The work we are doing will train you to hear the internal hum of love, the whispers of I am loved as much as possible. As children, most of us knew very well how much we were loved. As we aged, though, the sounds of love were muted by other signals that we assumed meant the opposite. Our rational minds grew louder than the still and quiet whispering of that inner knowing. We assumed the louder voice was supreme, and so began the bad habit of ignoring our instincts in favor of our grown-up intelligence. Our inner brilliance was run over by the monster truck of rationality. What was that about? I never saw that coming, I swear. We also need to hear the red flags flapping in the wind. A subtle but important sound. They are not obvious warnings like sirens, but they are powerful indicators of danger. With super hearing, you will hear those red flags flapping in the high emotional winds and trust the voice that speaks through the noise clearly warning you. I'm sorry, my dear, he is not the one. Next, please. And you will want to listen to it, for it is the voice of your heart. You have to hone your listening skills so that you can hear the strings of your own heart amid the cacophony of sounds around you. When you first hear a symphony, it is hard to discern the sound of the violin among all the other strings. But if you've listened to someone play a violin or played a recording of that single instrument, you're more likely to discern its signature sound. If you have never meditated before, I'm going to ask you to try it now. Meditation allows the whispers of your heart to come through more clearly.
by quieting your mind and clearing the noise that muffles those whispers. If you've meditated before, you're familiar with the distractions that plague most beginners. Here's a typical inner monologue that can arise booming in your head as soon as you sit down to meditate. It can be so lively that it can feel like an actual conversation. I can't sit still. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but this doesn't feel right. What if the phone rings? Did Maggie really mean it when she said that? How am I supposed to do this? I really do not get this. I had way too much coffee today. Why did I drink so much coffee? I feel as if I'm jumping out of my skin. Seriously, what did she mean when she said that? Thirsty. I'm too wired for this. Oh, that itches. Maybe I should stop now and give it another try later, after I've calmed down a little. I have to call Maggie. If I don't call her right now, I don't, I'll lose my mojo. This meditation thing clearly does not work. The point of meditation is not to obliterate these thoughts, but to let them flow like a movie or an old ticker tape, clicking along until they lose their steam. Watch them. Let the emotions connected to the thoughts roll on through as well. If you observe them, they will lose their power and slowly recede from that room in your head. Over time, your thought-wrangling capabilities will increase, and sitting down to meditate will be less of a wrestling session and more of a peaceful allowing. There are many kinds of meditation, and the sky is the limit with techniques. I know a few people who love transcendental meditation, and some who love mindfulness meditation. Guided meditations are great as well because they use words and images on which your mind can focus. I most often use Master John Douglas's recordings as you don't have to do anything but listen to them. Seek and find the perfect meditation techniques for you. When you find the right fit, it won't feel like work. It will clear away all that is holding you back in mind, body, and spirit. It will bring you peace and light you up. The more you clear away internal chatter, the more conscious you will become of the words that come out of your mouth. What you speak is a direct translation of all that you hear, whether it's internal or external input. And boy, are we epic translators. Our tendency is to interpret our life stories into dramatic works rivaling the most entertaining novel. If you ask a good friend about the themes that are present in most of your stories, you'll probably gain some insight into what will empower you. You may learn that you're always a victim or a little Miss Sunshine, all is perfect, look how happy I am person, or that you always forecast doom and gloom. Start listening to the stories you tell about events and differentiate them from the actual facts of those same events. Here are some personal facts. He divorced me. I lost my job. He lied to me. And then the translations. He's an idiot. It's unfair. He's a bad person. And here are some possible stories you may tell or believe about yourself. I'm unlovable. I'm a loser. I'm worthless. When I found out that Mr. X had been consistently telling me lies from our very first phone conversation, I made up a big story about that. What it meant about him, what it meant about his feelings about me, and particularly what it meant about me that for two years those lies were undetected. I had to repeat the following list of facts consciously and stay out of the story I was making up. I met Mr. X and I liked him. I really liked the fact that he liked me. 
I liked him more and more over time, and soon I fell in love with him. I loved our travels and adventures. I am grateful that he helped me through my dad's passing. I found out that he had lied, and I broke off the relationship. After the relationship ended, I found out about more lies he had told me. I am grateful it's over and grateful it happened. Notice that nothing in the above list is about his feelings. I have no idea what his true feelings, intentions, or motivations were. Only we know our truth. So stick to the facts as you know them, with nothing made up or even conjured. You can imagine the ugly saga I made up about Mr. X at the beginning of my healing. It's not even worth repeating because nothing your imagination can make up will be nearly as bad as what I created. No one can be as creative as we are with our own stories. I found it very comforting to bring myself back to the facts, and I try to remember that the stories I make never make me feel good, ever. Seriously, never. This is why superhearing is crucial. It's human to make up stories. It's superhuman, super heroic to be able to hear the truth amid the chatter, to listen for your own truth, for the divine truth in the midst of the muck. In seventh grade, I switched to a small private school in Pasadena filled with brilliant and wealthy people. I was on a scholarship, knocking elbows at the lunch table with future rocket scientists. I was in over my head in every way. So when a teacher made me feel comfortable and at home, as if I could fly in spite of my shortcomings, I was ever so grateful. Luckily, several of my teachers made me feel this way. One particularly inspiring person was Tim Blankenhorn a high school English teacher. Mr. Blankenhorn introduced us to fire writing, a tool to open up our creativity and put us in touch with our own unique voices. I knew I would never be a Hemingway, Fitzgerald, or Yeats, and I felt that if I couldn't be great, I didn't want to write. Until Mr. Blankenhorn, that is. He instructed us to not worry about how well we wrote or even to forget about grammar and spelling for the moment. He wanted us to simply write and see what happened. Most important, as I remember, we were to have fun. Without all the normal pressures that came with trying to be great, I found that I truly enjoyed writing for the first time. Years later, my dad took fire writing to a new level as a tool to get in touch with the divine. He told me about his own writings through which he felt he was, without effort, receiving messages from God. Yes, this was even before Neil Donald Walsh. He read me some of his writings and encouraged me to try his version of fire writing. I've been doing it ever since, whenever I need guidance or inspiration. Over the years, I opened my writings with Dear Angels. Then, as I became more comfortable with it, I opened with Dear God. And after my dad passed away, I started with Dear Dad, because I was throwing my line out into that divine sea to try to connect with him and his specific kind of guidance. In the end, the most important gift fire writing gave me was a connection to my truest self and the divinity within me. It developed my super hearing decades before I even knew what that was. It allowed me to hear what I lovingly refer to as my inside voice. Now certain of our remaining deep connection, and with time having passed to close the abyss, I address the whole lot 
spirits, gods, and angels who are helping me from the beyond. To me, it's all God. I still write to my dad as a way to touch base with his spirit and see if there is anything he wants to say. The following is an example of what I receive when I take the time to tune in and ask dad if he has any messages for me. Thank you for the acknowledgement. It isn't necessary, though, as you have always been connected to that voice. Your problem was always the little aggravating thing we like to call noise on this side. Noise is always created by humans. We create our own noise level over here in the form of music, lullabies, wind, loving trembles, sighs, babies' joyful cries, and laughter. But the noise you create, that I would admonish you for, was the noise of busyness. The I have to and I should, the gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta prove this, gotta prove that. I gotta show him, I gotta show her. You even wanted to show me, of course, as every son or daughter does. You want to show your value. Yet, in the showing of the value, it's like putting on a big musical when all you have to do is sit in an empty on an empty stage, in an empty room, and simply sing. You don't need a set, costumes, instruments, or even an audience. You just need to sing for the sake of singing, for the sake of allowing the divine to come through you and out into the world. You simply have to be and allow your gift self to come through. Pushing and pulling your talents or yourself to come through a certain way takes your power away. The noise dilutes the power of your voice. And so it is that you are getting to the true superpower of hearing, allowing the noise to stop. Clear the stage, strip the room, and simply allow the song to erupt. That is God's song heard with God's ear. Clear the decks, pull out the plugs, brush away your hair, cup your hands around your ears, and listen to that faraway sound that is right inside your heart. Inside you, here, now, that is the superpower of love. Dear reader, you and I may never know the truth about the origin of the words above. I can only say that when I open the channel to communicate with my dad, I have the vivid experience of him dictating to me as if he were whispering directly into my ear. I feel his casual, familiar presence as I type. But like the concept of God, like anything that we can't touch, see, feel, or explain the scientific method, your own experience and what it feels like in your own heart is all you will have. The good news is that no one can touch that. It is yours and only yours. If there is someone you have lost, someone with whom you still feel connected, work on your superhearing with that person. Perhaps you have thought in the past that you heard guidance from him or her. You can practice listening to your own inner guidance with the mighty flame booster Divine messages given at the end of the book. Superhearing helps you hear the voice of your intuition, guidance from the divine, and your own truth. The mantra for this superpower to help you stay on track is, I hear the wisdom, I hear the love.
The following exercise will help you hone your super hearing and may also help you transform your relationship with someone you have lost. When you transform one relationship, it affects all others in a positive way by clearing away any noise or debris between your two hearts. Love Strong Exercise, The Conversation. Visualize a bridge in your mind. Imagine yourself standing on one end. Now imagine that the person from whom you want to separate energetically is standing on the opposite end of the bridge. Walk slowly to the middle of the bridge. Visualize the other person walking toward you, meeting you halfway. Once you make eye contact, tell the person what you are feeling. Say whatever you need to say. Let the person say whatever he or she needs to say. Take a moment to make any apologies or gestures of forgiveness that you feel may help either of you move on with grace and love. Ask yourself if there is anything else you need to say. Ask your former beloved the same. Take your time to allow images and words to flow gently into your mind's eye. When all has been said, tell the person that you are going to cut the invisible cord between you. If the person agrees, imagine cutting that cord with scissors or anything else that your imagination suggests. If the person does not agree, you can choose what to do. Either say with love that you are going to cut the cord for your own well-being or ask to meet again. This is your mind, your heart, your journey. So just allow the story to unfold. Say your goodbyes, turn around, and walk off the bridge. And note, whatever the outcome of the conversation you hear in your head, it is perfect. You may think you know what the other person will do, and yet you may be surprised. Even if the other person remains on the bridge after you have left, it's okay. He or she may not be ready to be disconnected from you, and it may take some adjustment to get used to being outside of your energy. I had to do this exercise many times before I felt the cords were truly cut with Mr. X, but each time I did it, it was beneficial no matter what the outcome. So that, my dear superheroes, is an excerpt from Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart, and then Go Save the World. That was from the super hearing section of the Five Superpowers chapter. I hope you enjoyed it. And I wish you a wonderful, beautiful, rejuvenating, restful, balanced, love-filled week.